Christmas is coming, we're gonna talk about drugs. Ooh. <laughs> well, you know what started this was you and your eggnog song. Yes, yes. Um, I posted the link in the last episode in the description. If you guys didn't notice, I'll I'll restate it. Uh, th this guy, uh, Angry Picnic on YouTube, wonderful guy. He goes around and like just randomly serenades people with songs. And in some of the videos, he would take YouTube comments and turn it into like a parody song and then just go up to random people at a university in his town. And I believe it's San Diego or something, somewhere in Southern California. And he would just start singing these YouTube like comments to people and they, there was no context he'd freak him out it was great that's pretty cool and, and he was he, in costume and he was in costume he dressed like an elf in one of the videos and did a, a christmas one and uh one of the lines in the song is uh i put codeine in my eggnog which so, then made us think about drugs yeah, yeah well i i think about drugs all the time i used to be a huge stoner and it was like an everyday thing for me i used to smoke weed Probably from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. Was that expensive? It was expensive. Eventually it tapered off. It's actually more expensive now that it's legalized. So I'm from Washington, if you guys don't know. And it is it is fully legalized in Washington, regulated by the by the state government. Taxed by the heavily. the ATF, of all places, regulates it. Hmm. The, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Marijuana now. And so it's got an M on there? Yeah. ATFM? ATFM. ATMF. <laughs> ATMF. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's legal. It's actually more expensive now. Um, Imagine that. When I was do when I was when it was just decriminalized. Which, if you guys don't know what decriminalizing drugs mean, if you guys are new to this whole culture, it basically means if you have an unsubstantial amount of drugs on you at the moment when you're you know being searched by the police for whatever reason, they're not going to tap. They're not going to tack a criminal offense onto you. You can still get a ticket as a misdemeanor. But it's not a. F they're not going to charge you with a felony. Because it is a waste yeah. of time. Because it's a waste of time and money. You just have a bag of pot. Whoop de fucking do. Um, look, I got. I've actually. I bought. I got pulled over one time. Ooh, story. And had. Uh, I didn't have any actual pot on me. Neither did any of the friends in my car. Luckily, but we did have like. A, I had a bong and a couple pipes, and we were actually going from one house to go smoke at another house because we picked up a friend and he grabbed his like bong and stuff. Um, and when I got the guy like. Knew I was stoned out of my mind when I was driving. I got pulled over for a quote-unquote license plate light. But really what it was is I was driving this old beater car I bought from my brother, and I hadn't changed over the licensing yet. So when he ran my plates, it came up with under my brother's name, who was still registered to those plates, and he had a suspended license. So the cop's like, ooh, got him. Got my quota. Mm -hmm. So he like tried to play it off like no license plate light. That's why he pulled me over, because that's a fucking ridiculous offense, by the way. Like, you shouldn't be able to get light. pulled over because I wasn't driving bad at all. Let's just let's just frame it in reference here. I was following every law. I knew the cop was behind me. I was all nervous, trying to just follow my law. I wasn't driving like I was nervous though. I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm just gonna pretend it's any other car. I didn't have I didn't have a reason to believe I was going to be pulled over. But you so didn't transfer going. title, and so. But uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't expect that he would run my plates and pull me over. Well, he did, and he knew I was fucking stoned. And so he was fucking dicking with me. I don't think he intended on, like, actually giving me a ticket or arresting me. Because I walked away with only a no insurance ticket at the time. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, and a no license plate light ticket. Because to, to get a no insurance ticket, they have to have a reason to pull you over. 
I've never heard of a no license plate light infraction. It's fucking real, at least in Washington. I don't think Idaho gives a fuck. No, our state like can't even run the DMV correctly. Like yeah. they're they're overwhelmed. So I yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the, well, the guy like he, I've seen some of the vehicles in Bonner County too. Let's just put that out there. Yeah, the the officer, you know, I got to give him props for not arresting me <laughs> for driving stoned. Like, cause nowadays you can get a DUI for it. Back so, then, I don't think they gave DUIs for. Well, pot. they had no way to test it exactly. at the moment, and by the time you got. Exactly. By the time you got yeah. fucking down to the station, they, you know, you're not going to come up as blazing. That's a very heartwarming Christmas story, Brady. Oh, it's not done yet. So oh, the guy, continue. The cop was like, uh, he was like, he goes and like, runs my information. Like, I have no warrants. Like, I'm clean. Everything's good. Other than, like, I didn't have insurance. Mm. So he comes back whistling, shining his flashlight in the car. He's like, so where's the weed at? <laughs> <laughs> and my friends are idiots. Okay, they're stoned out of their Did mind, they too. Say at home? My fucking friend Rob was in the front seat, and he's like, he's like, we don't have any drugs, officer. He's like, <laughs> and the cop's like, well, really, what's that? He shines his light into my back seat, a corner of a little Ziploc bag that I had. Like, I had a bunch of garbage back there at the time. I hadn't cleaned my car out in like a week at the time. I've been, I was busy, you know, fucking get stoned with friends and stuff. It's priorities. You know, I was like, I was 19 at the time. Okay, guys, chill out. <laughs> I didn't have any like responsibilities at the moment or anything I had to be doing other than getting stoned. So that's live, what I did. Living the dream. Well, he found the a corner of a little Ziploc poking out of a pile of trash, like right by my friend's feet. And it had a teeny little fucking flake of weed in the corner. Because okay. it was an old weed bag. I'm pretty sure I was smoking in my car like every once in a while. Hmm. And somehow he pinpointed that with his fucking laser Terminator eyes. Ooh. <laughs> and then my friend's like, that looks like an empty bag to me, ma'am. I mean, sir. And I was just like, fucking stop. You guys are making it worse. And the guy pulls me out of my car to search me. Mm-hmm. And fucking finds a pocket knife, like, checks it, makes sure. It was, like, legal, you know, big, no big deal. Then he pulls my visine out of my bike left pocket. And he's like, oh, you just got everything, don't you? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Doesn't search the car or anything. I'm sitting here, like, he, he's got me, like, in handcuffs to search me. So I'm fucking freaking out. I think I'm going to jail. He's like, in handcuffs? I think I'm going to jail over, like, literally a flake of pot. Okay. Like, I'm fucking freaking out. My first experience with, like, getting searched and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and technically, I didn't have to consent to the search. I could have just, like, gave him a hard time and but I didn't. But you were also very But stoned. I was freaking out and I'm stoned and yeah. paranoid and, like, what the fuck is going on? My friends are making the situation worse. And then... <laughs> and like and then he just looks at me dead fucking in the eyes and he's just like, I know you got glass on you. Get it out right now. Oh. And I'm wow. just like... I'm just like, this guy fucking knows what's up. Like, he's been around the block a couple times. He's just harassing me. He thought, he's pissed because now he can't give me the fucking suspended license and take me to jail. Yeah, he thought he was going to get his... And he can't technically take me to jail for nothing. So he wants to get me on something. So I'm freaking out more now. So I grab, instead of grabbing the bongs and everything, he doesn't know about any of that yet because they're in backpacks and stuff. I just grabbed my pipe that I had stashed away. Like, like if he'd searched the car, he would have found that anyway. But you were honest. So I grabbed the pipe, and all he did was make me stomp on it and smash it all over the ground. And then I was like thinking he's gonna give me a littering ticket now. Probably. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, uh, but uh. Conversations we could have with this. Okay. But all he did was make me smash the pipe, and then he gave me a no insurance ticket, and no license plate ticket, and sent me on my way. How much did that cost? It was like a couple, a few hundred bucks. Ouch! When you're. I f- I now? contested it too. I went to court. This is the first time I ever went to court. Cool. I went to court to contest it because I did not have a license plate light out. I wanted to at least contest that. Okay. I wasn't trying to contest the no insurance, but like the $80 no license plate light bullshit. Really I was like, no, you. fuck, I can't afford that. Like, and my license plate works just fine. 
So I actually went to court and tried to fight it, and it didn't work. I still... Like, they, because I went to court, they did drop the no license plate light ticket. Hmm. But I still got the no insurance ticket. Which was the big one. Which I never paid off. I actually ended up getting my license suspended for a while because I got, like, two of them, and I never never paid them off, never got insurance. Hmm. So it was just one of those things. I eventually took care of all that, like, years down the road. But it was one of those things. But it was a... Uh, it was probably my worst situation, but my point uh, behind that was, like, I should have went to jail and didn't. Really? Yeah. Well, but that was when it was decriminalized, so technically I don't think I could have went to jail for that. But I, in my mind at the time, I was like, I should have went to jail for at least being stoned and driving. I kind of feel like you can go to jail for anything at any time when yeah. one side has more power than the other. It just really depends, and, and that's something that could be talked about for hours, which we'll do a different episode on. It kind well, of bothers you, because we're talking about drugs now. There was, a, there was another time. Ooh, I, I have, like to, I have one more story oh, about no, this with cops and stuff. keep doing times. This is fun. So, uh, I was, uh, I worked at Taco Bell night shift at, at this time. This of was, I think, you did. I think this was like <laughs> five or six months before that incident. Okay. And, uh, I, we were, I was, uh, I got off my shift and I was with one buddy and we were going to go pick up that same buddy we picked up that one night. Okay. Oh, well, he this... wasn't available. So I was driving around just trying to fucking figure out what to do at night. I was just. You know, what do I do? Like, I was young and bored, and we wanted to do something, you know, like fucking nightlife. Okay. And none of my friends were fucking available at the time, so I was just driving around, and I was about to go home. Well, I pulled over, and we, me and my buddies were just eating some snacks, because we had the munchies. Like, we got stoned mm-hmm. right after work. and Of course you did. We got fucking ate, ate a bunch of munchies. I had, like, uh, like, a moon pie, and I got a bunch of crumbs on my lap. And uh, I got pulled over just because I was being suspicious by driving around this one neighborhood, trying to call my friend and see if he's awake. What? And, like, so the cop pulled me over because I was being suspicious. He didn't have any other, like, things to get me on. Uh, and so he runs my information, comes back, and he's like, everything's cool. Like, the cop was being cool. I was being cool. No no problems, right? Like, I, and I was clearly stoned. Like, I don't understand the guy didn't notice I was this stoned. Like, I was out of my fucking mind stoned. He probably just didn't want to do the paperwork. Probably not. It could have, that's most likely what it was. That's most likely what it And again, I don't think the cops in Spokane care that much about a bunch of stoners driving around. He just wanted to make sure I wasn't, like, going to do a drive-by. Probably wanted to make sure I didn't have any guns or something on didn't me. Didn't want to endanger the Basically, public. yeah, exactly. Because okay. okay. I was being kind of sketchy. Like, I was just creeping real slow by my friend's house and kind of driving around. Oh, okay. Trying to, but we were trying to call him. I had my other buddy in the car trying to call him and, like, wake his ass up or something. It was, like, 2 in the morning. Oh. So it, it was witching hour, too. So keep oh, in mind, okay. like, the so cops that... are cops are looking for drunk drivers and bullshit. So. And you were probably... And I'm in a shitty neighborhood. Like, this was, like... One of the sketchier neighborhoods in Spokane my friend lived in. So you're prowling in a beater and a Yeah, I'm prowling in a fucking $400 car at night. I like context. (laughs) (laughs) So everything goes completely smoothly. Like, And at the time, I had insurance on this car. This was the car before that one. Okay. And I had insurance. Everything was cool. He wasn't going to give me a ticket. He was just like, I'm just going to warn you. Like, You shouldn't be creeping around like that in your car. And then he fucking shines his flashlight in my lap. And he's like, what's that all over your lap? Moon pack. Because I had fucking white crumbs. <laughs> like, he thought it was crack. Like, legitimately, the cop thought I had, like, cocaine or crack all but over me. But it was moon pie. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this just a moon pie. And I grabbed the wrapper. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, okay. This looked like you had drugs all over you. Oh, my God. I'm like, is that all you guys do is just fucking drive around looking for drugs? Well, I think it might be their job. Yeah. But then I think he got embarrassed because then he just was asking me about my car. Mm-hmm. Because I had, like, a little, uh, had, like, a switch wired in. Mm-hmm. For my radiator fan at the time, because it was a fucking shitty car, and Sounds the like radiator, like, like I had a bunch of problems with it, but I had like this random. It. Yeah, he just wanted to ask me about the toggle switch, and it was kind of a collector car. It was a beater, but it was a it was a eighty one Jetta. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it was the Wolfsburg edition, which is everything came from Germany and imported. And you, had, so, you like modified it. And the, so the guy is kind of a gearhead. A lot of cops are gearheads. And so he wanted to just ask me about the car and stuff like that. So he got it was really cool interaction, but it was just funny that he thought I had drugs on my lap because of the moon pie crumbs. Which I'm sure in his head he put two and two together. This guy's definitely stoned and he had some munchies, but he didn't fuck with me about it at all. Well, I find that really interesting because your experience with... It's so weird. My experience with drugs is the complete opposite of yours just because I was around them a lot because of where I lived. Because in Alaska, I think it was until 1991, it was legal to grow and sell it there. And there were people in Alaska, like the logging camp where I lived, 14 miles down the road, there was a compound. Mm -hmm. And so um, let's context it wise. You're in the middle of the wilderness. You have to fly in and out on a plane on skis or tundra tires. Okay. There's a compound and all these people did is they called it the oil camp and it was a bunch of crunchy people and they grew weed all year crunchy and then people. they took it to Anchorage once a year and sold it and they made so much money. That's how they made their living. Okay. Anchorage is, by the way, it was way easier to find weed in Anchorage than any other city that I was in there. Well, when I was a kid Everywhere in the 90s, was Alaska was like weedtopia. And the yeah. reason I knew that is because I had <clears throat> family members Yeah. I will not name names. But let's just say that uh, one time my greatest pot story that I'm so fond of is my grandma and my Aunt Barb, they used to go, they were cleaning my uncle's house. My uncle lived in this trailer with in Alaska. When you build a little shed on your trailer, it's called a Wanigan. And so my uncle, uncle cousin, I had an uncle Buck. This is so funny. <laughs> he lived in there and he was pretty wild. And, he, and they went to clean his house for some reason. And they found this... Grandma is so cute. So you got to think grandmas. So in the Whoa. 90s, my grandmas and aunt were in their 50s. So they came from the, the 50s. They were teenagers during that time. They knew nothing about drugs. Oh, God. At all. And they're all, what's this bag of dried leaves? <laughs> and it was a huge paper sack. You know the oh big ones? They threw it in the wood stove. Oh, no. The whole... How, I don't even know how much... Mu it would have been worth if a lot. It was, it was a an big entire, paper bag. It was probably a, talking about talking, a pound. And it was or more. buds. It yeah. wasn't just. It was so, probably a pound or more. So then they threw it in the wood stove and it hot boxed them. It smoked, oh, yeah. you know, the backdrop. That's a lot. And my grandma and my aunt were super, super messed up. Like, just. Yeah. <laughs> they were. And so when we were kids. I, and I would love to have seen that. Oh, they were legendarily. <laughs> and they thought it was just regular leaves. Like, why did my, oh, my cousin have this bag of leaves in there? So in, in, in Craig, where I lived, you had um, loggers and fishermen, okay? And so when I was in fifth grade, the cops used to have to come to school because oh boy. they'd have to explain to us what was laying all over the ground. Because in our little coastal town, you had fishermen coming from all over the world. You could get Shanghai on the dock. Kids would disappear and you'd never see them again. Oh, yeah. So we weren't allowed to go on the dock. Did you call it Shanghai? Yeah, I called it that's Shanghai. Good. That's probably not correct. But I've read old books and that's what used to happen is they'd steal people off the dock. And so, um, anyways, the officers would come. We were little 10 and 11-year-olds, and he had this huge box he'd bring in, and our parents wouldn't let us ride our bikes down by the bars on the wharf anyways, most of us. Yeah. But there was a grocery store there that had dollar soft serve, so Ooh. you kind of, it was like the call of the, the soft yeah, serve. Yeah, exactly. Iron. When you're a kid, you're like, yeah. But I remember this so officer. So easy to get a dollar when you're he, a kid? He, um, here we are, 10 years old. Most 10-year-olds, you, you did do some dare things and stuff like that, but he gets this box, and he's like, this is a crack pipe. This is Coke. This is... He went... Jesus. He had rocks. He had Coke. He had every drug possible needles. And what was sad is, as a 10-year-old, I could go to any bar in town, and drunk people had fallen off the side, <laughs> and there would be dime bags all oh, around the thing. Oh, yeah. Like, any amount of drugs I could ever desire were laying on the ground. Like wow. Easter eggs. All over town. Because in, in a logging sort of environment, you've got massive amounts of money. Oh, yeah. And so they would and just... And you're talking about, like, hardworking people... 
And they like to blow off steam uh, on the weekends. Let's just say most people in a labor industry, they any do kind a of lot hard of physical stuff. labor, they're either drunk or do other drugs. Period. Like most of them. There's um, a good 90%. And this I'd was say. like right before meth took off. So there was oh, crack God. and cocaine, but there was no meth yet. Okay. Because it was early 90s. So this was the crack the crack time. It was the crack yeah. time. And so that he, was big in the in the late 80s. Big old foil wrap crack rocks, like yeah. everywhere. You those know, are and, fucking super expensive nowadays. Um, in Alaska, it didn't matter. It, it, it was so I, well, I back was then around, they were, it was cheap I was around a lot of drugs but I never did them like it just wasn't something, and that was mainly <laughs> that's just probably a good thing well I just it was not I don't I didn't want my faculties blurred I don't know why we're, we're gonna talk about drugs in this episode but in no way am I gonna like encourage anybody to go do them my thing with drugs unless is you like, really do your research first my thing with drugs is like any other addictive substance if you like sugar and you want to deal with the health consequences of it that's your business and I feel issue. that way about drugs yeah if it's if you want to deal with it and the damage, because I'm sorry, if you get a degenerative disease because you abuse your body with sugar, people are still going to have to deal with the fallout with that, just if they are, if you do math. Yeah, but for some reason, leadership doesn't want to have that conversation. They just want to have the conversation about uh, Mexicans bringing coke up is bad, so we got to declare war on drugs. But it's so hypocritical. It is. The economic we could, I could go on all day toll, about the drug war. I know, and we won't do that. We'll do that episode, episode We're talking too. about our, our stuff this, with This will be some stories. Yeah. Uh, we'll get political in the next drug episode. Yeah, let's do stories. Because I could literally go on for years about the, the politics of the drug culture because I have, it's we ridiculous. Should, we but should, it's almost Christmas. That, I have one I, more after I you. Have I have a more funny one. I have an Alaska drug story too, but I'm let's like, hear your other funny one first because oh, okay. I told two stories. Okay. Well, okay. This one. Po-po. And so like I said, very, I wasn't prim. I was more of a tomboy. I just didn't care about doing drugs. But in ninth grade, <laughs> I came out of the logging camp and went to this school. And it's called in Thorn Bay, Alaska. And basically, Thorn Bay was a town on an island that was a logging camp, the largest in southeast. And then they, it became a town. Okay. And basically revolved around the huge mill that was That's there. how most towns pop up. They yep. built us. There were six people in my class. And so in the entire high school, I think there was maybe 15 to 16 of us. There's not very many. They built us a $4 million school. Because during the 90s, oh, there was yeah. a lot of timber money that went to these schools. So we had a brand new... They wanted educated timber workers. We had the first um, Apple digital camera. Oh. I mean, we had yeah. all the stuff. We had our own dark room. We had all... So to put this into context, yeah. we also had a bunch of high... Oh, man. Smart stoner kids, okay? So I had this really prim and proper teacher named Miss Willie. Oh, boy. She was like... And she didn't get made fun of for her name at all. No, like and, that, and no. what was funny about Miss Willie is I'm talking about wore the cravat and the very 80s prim suits, okay? Super oh, straight-laced, yeah. like Victorian spinster-type lady. Yeah. Well, she taught us home ec, and we had to do our bread-baking um, series and the yes. thing. And so the pinnacle of that was you had to bring home, make homemade bread. You can never do this now and bring it to school, okay, for her to try. Well, there's this guy named Jason... And Jason had the whole Nirvana thing going, real long hair, completely stoned out of his so mind every the, day. Was this the 90s yet? This was like in 1995 or 6. Oh, so. right when Nirvana was even... Right know, after he yeah. died. They were in mourning, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, like massive mourning. So that's when it was exploded. Oh, Nirvana, yeah. Remember exploded, after Kurt yeah. died, it was just like this big, huge People mourning. People are still obsessed with that band. Yeah. Um, it's not yeah. even that good of music. And Jason was ex- like just a complete pothead, long-haired, you know, <laughs> airheads yeah. kind of... Your so, typical 90s stoner. Oh, yeah. man. Hardcore. I, I, never sober. I can never literally sober. picture this person in my Yeah, head. I want you to. Be- he had beautiful hair. So then um, Jason <laughs> comes in and he's all, Ms. W-, and she's like, wow, Jason, your rules look really, really nice. And she's like, he, he's like, that's because it's my patented super secret oregano bread. And he's just, <laughs> and, and my eyes oregano. got really big because I was like, I, I knew, 
you know, because like I said, even though I didn't do a lot of drugs, I grew up around it, and I was like, oh, yeah. and I'm looking at Jason, I'm like, you can't do that. You can't feed that to her. And he's all, ah, she needs to chill, bro. And so, Mrs. Willie got effed up. I don't, oh, he no. put, the, you can actually see the flakes of weed in this bread. It looked like, like poppy seeds. There was so much. And she just ate, she ate two of those rolls. You're fucking shitting me. She went to the moon, and then later she's like, children? Um, I'm gonna cancel. <laughs> like, she was so far gone, and he's just like Matthew McConaughey laughing over in the corner. He's all, all right, all right, you know. And I'm just like, that's not good. Though. No, because she was so messed up. Because yeah. you gotta think a person that never did anything. I mean, this lady drank tea, and she weighed like 110 pounds, and she ate two full rolls. It really was insane. Like, and that that was only one of many stories. But you go for it. It's your turn now. I like drug sharing. Let's talk about the are drug you, stories. Are you sure you're done with that one? Um, he never got in trouble. Like, no. And that was the thing. All of our teachers were middle and older they age. They, and so well, they had no idea. She didn't, like, freak out on her I think she must have figured. No, I don't think she realized what was happening to her. I think she just thought it was a hot flash or something. Huh. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. That's no, kind of funny. Did. But that's dangerous. You can't just be giving people pot like that. At least I, the edible version because... Well, Jason's brother Babe was one of those people that became permafried. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that. you can you can send people into a psychosis that well, you can't come back from sometimes. And his brother it, Babe, it that dangerous. actually happened to him, which is weird because then Babe went in the Marines. Oh. And he like went to Kandahar and all these places, but he is so permafried that he like is from of, weed or from others. I things. think Babe's permafried was from a combination of mushrooms and acids. I was gonna he say never, yeah. He never came back he, from that. Here's the thing with psychoactive drugs because if marijuana is a psychoactive drug mm -hmm. and so is mushrooms and lsd and ketamine and all these other drugs uh mdma and what's the other one uh D dmt mm -hmm. they're all psychoactive drugs and it can bring up dormant psychoses that you have and don't know about in like that's the that's the only danger to these psychedelic drugs is sometimes people have schizophrenia they have no idea it's dormant hasn't shown any signs yet and you, like, eat a fucking pot brownie and you're fucked for the rest of your life. You were mm -hmm. probably going to get that event, some signs of it eventually. But sometimes the uh, the psychoactive drugs can just really, like, amplify it and bring it out. And then it's a permanent issue So they're like a with. catalyst. Basically, they can, can, they can be, yeah. They can what's there already. Um, because these drugs have a tendency to instill paranoia is one of the side effects. Mm, I know someone like that, yeah. Um, and give you, like, an extreme anxiety. And that can trigger a psychosis. And then you're screwed. And then you're screwed. Yeah. And you always come down. It, it comes in waves from what I've heard. Huh. But like it can, it can bring up something that you like you just didn't know you had. So it is dangerous to just give people pot without knowing like that. I mean, really. Well, and I think it's horrible to give something yeah. to people without their consent. Ex like, that's tr very true. Yes, I don't condone that at all. I don't either. It's and, funny to hear stories about people who did it, but it's nef nothing, nothing you should do, actually. Well, and I don't Especially, even think he was of the right mind anyways. Because I'm yeah, talking about I'm first, sure at this point, he was just gone. And he's like, yeah. no, that seems funny. You know, but at the same time, you're right. It was very dangerous. It's and very as an dangerous. adult, I was only like 14 years old at the yeah. time. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, you're doing something to a teacher. Yeah. Because this is the same guy that built a six foot bong in Woodshop <laughs> and they didn't know what it was. <laughs> so you're dealing with this. And they didn't. They didn't know what it was. And he, he built things in chemistry class. Oh, and I then bet, he, yeah. he also was a very smart person, so he manufactured things that probably shouldn't have been manufactured. Oh, yeah. From what I heard, it's not hard to make LSD. He made lots of things. You just have to know what you're doing. Yeah. And that's the problem, though, with drugs, is if you yeah. get that chemical um, 
formula a little bit wrong, you could you die. You can fucking die. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So, you got to be careful. You got to really trust the, the manufacturer if well, you're going to be taking those kind of and drugs. And that's why I think part of what scared me is I was a voracious reader and learner as a kid. And so I was scared to death. You have to put your faith in the person who does drugs that's making your drugs. <laughs> yeah, so you guys. Like, big leaps of faith in the in the drug community, trust there me. There really is. It's like You, you never know what you're going to get. You and know, that's, that's part of the problem of being illegal. Because you've got stoner Dr. Doofensmirch yeah. making, yeah. like, now, your LSD. With with pot, it's there's not too much danger. Now, I did hear about so, certain Mexican cartels were spraying some of the pot with uh, fentanyl, which is an extremely oh potent Fentanyl's narcotic. Fentanyl so dangerous. And, but I don't think any of that made it this far north, but it was a big problem in the south. There was some dr- weed but in Alaska here, that was laced with the, cocaine yeah, for some a while, and that had some it. adverse reactions. But for the most part, up here in the north, in the northern region, a lot of people just grow it up here so it's it's an abundant supply of cre- clean clean green, clean green weed there's not a, there's not big of a problem of like laced weed it's the other drugs that you have a problem with people step on it with different substances to basically make it a bigger a bigger amount like you buy it from a drug dealer at a certain price you'll cut it with certain things like baking let me talk about cocaine money. at least because yeah. yeah. it's easiest to do it with cocaine you, you mix it with baking soda or baby aspirin all these other things to make it slightly undetectable that you stomp stomped on it is what they call it. Gross. But it'll it, it'll basically make you have more of a supply to make more money because you're probably not getting a very good deal from your dealer. Now the drugs coming from Mexico, the cocaine and stuff, it's already been stomped on. Trust me, you're, there's no such thing as pure cocaine in America unless you get it directly from the supplier, and even then you still it's sketchy. There's no way to know. And see, to me, it's not worth the risk. Because it's unregulated. Yeah, it's not worth the risk. It's like that high that you get. Well, and then there's also the law of diminishing returns. Because I had a very close stoner friend, and it took more and more and more and more. With particularly... This does happen with weed. It's not as as prevalent. Because you can, you know, you can smoke for 20 years and still get stoned off one bowl, depending on the potency. But with cocaine and meth and heroin and stuff like that, once you've been doing it for a year or two, you're going to need more. And then after that, you need more. And then you just need more and more to get high at all because the your body builds up a tolerance. is meth. Meth is the perfect example. Oh. Um, I... you, 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 you gain a tolerance very quickly to meth. So, like, even, at, even if you just do it for a few weeks straight. And I've never, I've never really done meth regularly. I've tried it once, and I did Adderall a bunch of times, which is basically meth minus one hydrogen atom. Um, <laughs> you can get that as a prescription. You so it's get that as a prescription. Better, yeah. yeah, we were getting it from college kids. <laughs> uh, college people use a lot of Adderall. Yeah, because you can easily you can just go to your fucking therapist and say, "I have trouble focusing. I can't do my homework," and you get an Adderall prescription. Well, and then suburban people, suburban women. Let's just throw that out there. For the most, there are men, but they use it as a weight um, control. Yeah, mechanism. because it's a. It, what are the, originally it was marked before they knew it had uh, positive effects on people with ADD or ADHD or focus problems. It was originally marketed as a uh, uh, an appetite suppressant. Well, it's just because it's meth. With, with, when, for some reason, with these extreme stimulants like methamphetamines or other amphetamines, it takes away your appetite. For whatever reason, you just don't feel hungry. You don't want to eat. But then you're on high. It, it's too. uncomfortable to eat on meth for some reason. I don't understand that, but it, it's just, it doesn't make you want to eat. So, obviously, it's good for weight loss. Well, there's a hormone that produces... Is it ghrelin? There's a specific hunger hormone... That is produced when you're hungry. Maybe it interferes with that produ- that mechanism. Does, yeah. Because um, whereas I, weed is the opposite, it takes away the hormone that makes you feel full, and that's why part of the reason you get the munchies and you can just eat two bags of Doritos is and then you have you a stomachache. Well, and then 
Yeah, and it also numbs your stomach and cures nausea. It is the perfect treatment for any nausea, by the way, for everybody. Um, just a little nervous. If you ever have nausea, like if you're pregnant or anything. Um, the doctors actually used to give pregnant women a joint to smoke. That's just bananas. To, to um, help with their nausea. And I'm, it's... Nowadays honestly, there's no... There hasn't been any conclusive studies on like negative prenatal effects to children with marijuana specifically. I'm not saying go and do it. No, you listen but to your But I'm just saying... Yeah. Um, when my ex was pregnant with my daughter, Cara, uh, the doctor just didn't care that she was smoking weed. He was like, I, you know, if that helps with your nausea, whatever he's like, he even told us, I'm interested to see, because this is, this will help with us to study this, to see the effects. But he's like, as of right now, there's no conclusive data on, uh, the prenatal negative effects of marijuana. He's like, they used to, he even told us they used to give pregnant chicks joints like a daily prescription of like marijuana joints and you could pick them up at the pharmacy. Well, and I think that... that <laughs> and this was while it was still like federally like That brings illegal. up a fascinating thing that what has been illegal and not illegal and what's good for humans and not good for humans. Yeah. And you think about it because my husband, um, he is a testament of genetic powers because I'm pretty <laughs> sure his mother... Well, I'm not even pretty sure. His mother was drunk the entire time she was pregnant with him and smoking. Oh, yeah. And my husband's one of the smartest people I know. Yeah, it, it's, I think, well, everybody's different. That's the I, problem. I think, I'm not advocating I'm pretty anything. Sure I'm just saying that... The, there, There is definitely conclusive evidence of alcohol causing like, prenatal you know, problems, but it's not with every single case. That's what everybody needs to know. Well, and like... But my, I'm not condoning doing it. One of my dearest friends, it. Um, he was, his mom did crack while she was pregnant with him, and he was messed up. Oh, man. So, like, I think when you're pregnant, you have a responsibility to do the best you can to, to mitigate what external factors you can't mitigate everything yeah you yeah. can still do that and have a child born with some sort of problem it's just oh yeah i i don't i cringe when i see people well, well I'm, I'm not saying marijuana is like 100 percent safe you're just saying they used to saying, that's yeah. what our doctor was telling us and he 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 like took a bunch of notes about it and one time i cringed as far as i, had, I know Kara was fine like she didn't have any kind of problems with i it. had a pregnant but family knows, member though. that was here at my farm and she really wanted to ride my husband's very trail bomb proof horse and she was only like two or three months pregnant at the time and uh, her husband was all, my cousin was all, no, that's dangerous, as she was chain-smoking cigarettes. I'll yeah. never forget it. And I was just like, okay. Yeah, gotta love that, the hypocrisy there. Well, well, with pregnant chicks specifically, too, the, some doctors will even recommend they drink wine, like a very small amount of wine every night. Because what they see is that the stress of, like, your life and pregnancy mm -hmm. is actually worse for the baby than a little bit of, like, a tiny bit of alcohol. And well, they'll even, like, every, every, even with Celine when she was pregnant, mm -hmm. and even with, uh, like, a couple friends I had, they their doctors will tell you, just have a fucking little bit of wine to just relax at night. Well, because it's worse, it. to, it's worse to be stressed out than a tiny, tiny bit of drunk. Do you think drunk. throughout history human women didn't drink when they were pregnant? Because we didn't have refrigeration. Things were well, fermented to store them. So other yeah, than exactly. water, what did they have? And then you had, um, there was this there was this period of time in, in uh, the UK and they didn't have clean water. I think it was all of Europe. Everybody was drunk all the time because they didn't have clean water. Well, and they watered down. So they and just drank they alcohol. They drank wine and they drank uh, fucking uh, beer. vodka and beer and everything. But everything was watered down more than what. Oh, for sure. Like, like, even in America, they drank a lot of cider in yeah. the Northeast. But it was watered down so that you didn't just get wasted off of it like we think now. It was, you know. Well, yeah, obviously. They were just basically trying to they, solve the water problem. They didn't the have a refrigeration problem. issue. Yeah, you know? they, they had no way to purify the water other than boiling it. I bet I their gut biomes were a lot healthier than ours. Probably. Fermented stuff. But they basically like add alcohol to their water to, 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 to purify it. it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how effective that is, but apparently it 
helped that they've survived for a while but it also like fucked every there were people like getting plastered every day because of it like well the gin crisis yeah. in, in and this, Britain and then yeah. uh and this was this was like the renaissance time too yeah and the, and it striked actually um we could talk about this in another episode about coffee and how that oh, yes. went hand in hand Let's with with the uh, with the the what they call the enlightenment where all of a sudden all these smart people came up out of nowhere during the drunk caffeine's times. Because caffeine's a stimulant that makes because, your brain work. Yeah, and this was when coffee was illegal and they were having like underground coffee shops. That's so funny. And people like ben, like uh, like some of the smartest people like I think it was like Benjamin Franklin and shit like that. Well, he was poster. Or not Benjamin Franklin, uh, Da Vinci. Thinking? I don't remember. I have to I have to do a little research and. and uh, hone my knowledge on this because it's been a while. That sounds fascinating. But though. there's like this whole thing about coffee culture when it when coffee was outlawed. Well, coffee is a drug. And coffee is a drug. It's a stimulant. Caffeine is a stimulant. Sugar is a stimulant. And uh, it, the the church specifically didn't want people thinking freely at the time. So we could talk about that all day. I, I want to get back let's, into more let's stories. Let's do stories. stories. Again, when, when we do another our... episode, we'll get more into like a, a little bit more technical and this political. This is codeine but, in our eggnog. But this one's this a fun. Is the, this, this is, is we're, going we're right on... before Christmas. We're about yep. to have a break. We're not going to do an episode for a couple of weeks. It's not a big deal. Hope you guys don't freak out. Well, everybody, but, uh, no, self-care is important. We to do a fun episode We've done a an bit. episode every week since, yeah. uh, um, let's see, since July 27th. Yeah. That was our first episode. And so Brady and I are going on Christmas break. Yep. And, and we're okay You guys can it. do it. We'll be, we'll be back. Well, and It'll this be is, fine. and when we come. <laughs> <laughs> All 13 of you guys that hey, listen to us. Hey, we love every single one of you. <laughs> and we'll be checking in with social media because I'm yeah, going on a field trip. Here's the thing. You guys will be getting updates from her shenanigans. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do shenanigans. Because. She doesn't have just a normal life. She's not just a square bear. What we call we used to I call love them squares. She just she likes to uh, have a little fun in her life. So you guys will be getting some social media shenanigans, and I can't wait personally Katie's to see those. Katie's getting on a jet plane. That's gonna spice up my life a little bit. <laughs> Katie's getting on a jet plane. Well, she don't know if she'll ever come back. I'm probably gonna come back. <laughs> I have a farm. And I, it's so always... you're gonna be in a in a fart tube. I am. 30,000 feet above the ground. That'll during be fun. the Rona. Yeah. Oh. I used to get really nervous on planes. Really? I just, I always overthought it. Because I'm oh, like, I I'm, in a, I'm, I'm getting sealed in a in a pressurized tube 30,000 feet above the ground. True. Like more than a mile above the ground. That's scary. But think how fast, you, okay, I used to have ter- terror when I flew when I was a kid, but that yeah. was because I flew in Alaska first. Flying down here is much more boring. Oh yeah. You don't <laughs> yeah, in Alaska, you're yeah. talking about these crazy drunk bush pilots. Oh, and not even Flying these pilots. fucking like... Like you, I think my Jetta was bad. Like some of these planes in Alaska are like fucking putt putting through. Like Ron White has a joke like about flying through Alaska. It's like you're flying at the speed of smell. Yeah, and I've almost, <laughs> I have almost died numerous times, and that was my first experience yeah. of flying. So when I flew, flew for the first time down here, I got on a plane, and it was boring for two hours, yeah. and I'm all, is this what it's, it's actually like? like? Yeah. Well, I didn't realize it's like it. It's a bus ride. And then also, the older you get, you're like, well, if this thing falls out of the sky, it'll be terrifying for 30 seconds. Yeah. You know? And it's just like that's. I think it's less scary to die in a plane crash than to survive the plane crash. And you're not surviving if you fall out of 30 feet, 1,000 feet. It uh, ain't happening. People have, because it's not like it free falls the whole time, because, like, the pilots, unless there's a huge problem, a lot of the times the pilots are trained to, like, mitigate the, the crash because they want people to survive for some reason. So, like, generally, airplanes are safe. Let's just put it that way. Way and most safer of the, than cars. Most of the major airliner crashes are due to, like, weather conditions and flying into a mountain because or their birds. fucking navigation systems, like, malfunctioned. 
Well, and when you're on a 737 and you take off and they kill the engines and you fall a thousand feet in a second so you can bank sideways and miss a glacier. Yeah. That's terrifying. We're, those are the real fucking pilots so, now, I'm telling you. And that is how I grew up flying. So now down here, you're like, <laughs> break or break, we're going to fly. Oh, there's a little turbulence. We're going to change altitude for you. I never went through anything like that in my life. It was always like, oh, we might make it. Yeah. I had a pilot tell me that once. I was on a 1939 oh, plane. And he looks outside in the blizzard and he's like, I think we're going to make it. And this guy, and and when you're in a blizzard over open ocean and where it's converging with land, you get thrown around like a rag doll in a bag. Oh yeah. So, and then when you can see holes through the fuselage because the bolts have rattled out and you're just like, you're just like, oh, this will be a wonderful flight. Oh, I, I, well, there's times I've cried and I'm not ashamed to admit it as a teenager because I thought I was going to die. Oh man. And there's times we've had to turn back because we were going to die. So I, I just... I want to preface that. I'm glad that. you survived. Thank you. Now we're doing the podcast. And we are. And so now but we can pl- talk about drugs. Planes are scary, but this is this is a perfect segue into my Alaska drug story. Oh, tell me your this Alaska drug stories, because I have lots of those, but you go for it. So uh, the reason I brought up airplanes, or she brought up airplanes, but the reason I wanted to talk about it is like, I worked for this inventory company. It was a third-party inventory company where stores want to get their inventory counted to see what their loss was. Mm-hmm. They call it slippage, I think is what it was called, like it's a slang term for it. But it was like, how many people stole stuff? What's our inventory like? Like, what are we doing? You have to do an accounting. Yeah, and it was, um, a lot of it, for the grocery store specifically, it was for insurance reasons. The insurance company required third party to come and uh, report their loss so that they can't like fudge the numbers and get insurance money for theft. Okay. So we, that's where we'd come in. We'd roll up, count all the fucking inventory in the store with our little scan gun and, and write a report for them so that they could show to their insurance company at the end of the year for, or every quarter for loss. And you had to go clear to Alaska for And this? we were going to like Safeways, Albertsons, like all these little store, mom and pa stores that needed a fucking inventory. And then we did like Victoria's Secret and Zoomies in the mall and stuff like that. All oh, these big stores. We did Lowe's. Bras. That would have been horrible. Lowe's was the worst because we had to count all like the galvanized bolts and stuff and the bulk bins. We had Each to dig man. them out. We had to dig them out and weigh them. So we'd weigh 10 pieces, say that's 10 pieces, and then weigh the whole bin. So you could estimate? So we could, it would, it would oh, estimate. Oh, so you didn't have to count amount. every single one? No, not by hand. We that would have been We had a horrible. system for it. But you're digging around, like you dig around in these screws, cut your hand up, and then at the bottom of the bin, there's this little slip of paper that says, this product is known to contain uh, substances that cause cancer in the state of California. Great. So I'm all cut up from this galvanized shit, got the dust all over my hand. I'm probably breathing it in, and it's like, oh, great, I'm going to get cancer now. Mm. But anyway, that's beyond the point. So, um,. I was one of the elite counters because I was fucking just a, I was just a boss. Let's put it that way. You were I'm just, I'm just good at stuff. Okay? You're the elite counter. Yeah, I, I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit. I so, feel like you um, should be proud. Me and like six other people were like the elite in our group. And Alaska didn't have their own branch of this company. So once a surprise, year they sent... Surprise, Yeah, once Sorry. every couple of years they sent people up to go around Alaska and count the different stores up there because they didn't have their own crews and they didn't and we were i guess the lowest bidder whatever the fuck i don't know so they picked us like the top people because they wanted efficiency up there so they're like hey do you want to go to alaska and and uh and do the counting up there sure yeah well obviously they had to fly us up there of course so i'm freaking like i'm i'm nervous i'd only been on an airplane twice in my life like up to this point so i'm kind of nervous right we're on the way to the airport and i'm freaking the fuck out like oh my god we're gonna die blah 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 stupid shit like okay well, you haven't flown mm-hmm. a lot so you I, don't, I, I, like... it was completely irrational yeah well <clears throat> to combat my anxiety <laughs> of course the, you did um and but let me pre- let me preface this by saying uh, most of this job was traveling to Montana and around uh, Washington and Idaho, 
Northwest. And okay. we'd stay at a lot of hotels, and it was just literally like me and my friends at the time packed the crew with with us. We just kept getting our other friends hired, and the crew just consisted of a group of friends Kinda at this point. Kind of sounds like a fun time. And so we would go and just basically, it was hotel party after hotel party after hotel party. Like, we would just travel around getting fucking drunk and high at all these hotels, eating pizza. It was not the healthiest lifestyle, but it was fucking fun. I had a lot of fun at this job. And it was, again, it was just a bunch of me and my friends. Like, Why did and you a couple leave of, this like, when job? I was in a band, it was a couple of my bandmates oh, okay. and my friend, friends growing up. And we all fucking packed this crew with just a bunch of homies, okay? It was great. It's the stoner dream. So let me preface this by, like, uh, and then, of course, the rest of the crew we all became friends with. And a lot of them are stoners. Like, I don't. So I went up to Alaska with a bunch of friends and a, and my manager who I um, was really good friends with at the time and uh, who actually the best friend that one of my best friends that I lived with uh, like moved in with the manager and they got together they're still together to this day actually cool people cool so like he was on the trip she was on the trip they were together but this was like right when they were getting together it was some drama fun though but we're all stoners we're all fucking t- going to Alaska right well my manager gives me this Valium. To calm the fuck down. You took it before you got on the plane? I took it before I got on the plane. Oh my god. So between that and the bunch of weed we smoked on the way to the airport. You were were barely sentient. I remember taking off and I was still freaking out because it hadn't kicked in yet. Mm -hmm. And then I don't remember the flight. I just remember waking up when we landed in, uh, I think it was Juneau was the first place we went. Oh, you went up the milk run. That's yeah, flight so 66. We, we, I just remember Very waking well up in Juno, not knowing where the hell I was or what was going on, and I felt great. All my anxiety was gone. I, was I like, bet oh, you good. did. Other than the headache I had, which I took Tylenol for later. Well, we're there. And so in Juno, you know, we, we a couple, I wasn't ballsy enough to do this, but a couple of my buddies snuck some, some weed resin on board. They, like, stuffed it in the top of an aspirin cap. Wow. We, we were not, ball, none of us were ballsy enough to try to get actual pot on the plane. But they so, didn't. but they brought they brought resin, and if you don't know what resin is, it's like the crap you the the residue that builds up of the weed on like the pipe and on the uh, on the bong or whatever. It mixes with the burnt carbon, and you get this black shit. But it's basically just weed with a bunch of burnt carbon in it. Weed it's just toast? the leftover it's stuff. Weed that, toast. Yeah. So when the smoke hits the glass, mixed with the carbon, it sticks to the to the glass, mm-hmm. and so a lot of it's, it's very inefficient. Let's just put it that way. It just sticks to the glass. Some of it makes it into your lungs. Most of it does. But over time, as you keep smoking through the pipe, it just builds up and builds up. So and you scrape it off You have there. to scrape it. But it, it's it's kind of dirty. There's like spit and hair and crap nah, in it. But if you run out and you're desperate and you need to smoke something, you still get high from it. And it's, so it's, they were pretty desperate. It's just dirty, that's all. Were you worried you weren't going to so, But they brought a bunch Alaska. of that. So Yeah, we it's didn't Alaska. know. Well, my buddy's from Alaska. He said, when you get to Fairbanks, I have a hookup for you. So you like, guys okay. had to go to So we were, we were fine in Juneau. We were smoking resin. It wasn't the funnest. We were only there for like three days. We counted like a Safeway or something. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, but then we flew. Then we flew to, uh, to Fairbanks. And then it got interesting. Because once we landed, we got into the hotel. Uh, first of all, it was a nightmare because when we landed, we didn't have a rental car set up like the company was supposed to do for us. The hotel rooms were all fucked up. Mm. So we had to solve all that issue, and this was like the middle of the night. Well, when we woke up in the morning, we were like all fucking pissed off and ready to get stoned. We went and counted the store, came back, and we're like, okay, we're going to go hunt down this guy that my buddy was hooking me up with. Well, my buddy got it all hooked up for us, and the guy picked me up, and he was going to take me to go get some weed. And this, to me, this was normal. Like, I got weed, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, three, four times a week from guys, like, 
But this was always a friend that I knew that had some. Okay. I'd never done it in the sketchy way where it's like some dude I don't know and I'm fucking... It was always by association. Exactly. So this... I'm freaking nervous. Like, and I've got... a. Everybody on the crew wanted some because literally everybody there was a stoner. We well, all wanted. To, they all chipped in, and we were gonna okay. buy a few ounces to just get us through because we because we were gonna drive to Anchorage from Fairbanks. That's we weren't gonna fly again, so we're like miles. we're gonna stock up. Yeah, it was a it was a long drive. A drive Let's just put yeah. it that way. Um, so we we didn't we knew we didn't have to get on another airplane. We just were fine, right? So we wanted a lot, so we were gonna get like you know six or seven ounces. I think it was. Well, all my friends chipped in. I chipped in. We all had this money thrown into it. So I gave the guy like hundreds of dollars and he was going to go get us some, a bunch of weed. Well, he drops, he, his guy, I I guess was sketched out or something. So he had to drop me off at a gas station a block away Mm -hmm. and make me wait. So I'm already like, okay, this guy's going to fucking burn me. I already know it. And so I'm waiting at this fucking gas station, smoking cigarette after cigarette. This was when I smoked cigarettes. I got offered like eight or nine jobs. Oh, yeah. And also bummed out, like, I had to buy an extra pack of smokes because I bummed out all my smokes to these fucking random guys yeah. who were there working. Yeah. Every time I bummed a smoke to someone, they offered me a job. And That's I was like, normal. I'm already here on work, thank you. <laughs> like, I live in Washington, leave me alone. It's No, it's in Alaska. But I, I went through, like, a pack of smokes and a half, just bumming, because I'm just sitting here at this, like, Heiko or Holiday or whatever. You were just It was chilling. interesting. I was like, this is a fun experience. Okay, I, I, I'm getting to know Alaska a little bit. Talked to this guy who told me about... The fishing industry starting to suffer over there because it's like fucking bumper to bumper boats in the river and they can't catch anything anymore and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I had a bunch of interesting conversations, got offered a bunch of stupid jobs. That's pretty normal, I heard, in Alaska, too. Mm-hmm. So It is. And I'm, and I'm sitting here, like, still nervous because the guy isn't coming back and I'm like, it's been like an hour. Look, what the fuck is going on? He left I can see the house. The guy's car's hour? still there. Oh. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, the guy's probably just sitting there getting stoned. It's normal for stoners. Well... Cops fucking roll up on the house the guy's in. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Uh-oh. And I'm I'm dead serious. Like, I can't make this up. All of a sudden, this guy's getting raided for cocaine. I found out later down the road. So, like, I lost out on all my money. We never got the weed. The guy got arrested. So, like, is... That's <laughs> like, I'm sitting... Okay, so another hour goes by. I'm watching this all play out. Right? And I'm like, I'm fucking fucked. Like, I don't know where I am. No. I've never been to Fairbanks. I don't even know where the hotel is. Like... My phone's dying. I'm out of cigarettes. <laughs> like I don't have my weed, or I don't have any money on me at this point anymore. And like, so I'm just sketched out. I'm like, like what do story. I do? Well, the guy, the guy's girlfriend starts texting me, and was like, "Tell me what was up." And the guy got arrested, and like, he's gonna be out in a few days. I guess he didn't do anything. They just arrested him, so he didn't get charged with anything. But he was in jail. He was my ride. Like I'm fucked. So I magically got a hold of the people who I came, you know, like the crew. Yeah. And they had to get me a taxi yep. back from the fucking Ooh, this gas cost station. You a lot. It was expensive. Yep. Like so we were burned on hundreds of dollars. They were pissed at me. They were pissed at the guy. I was pissed at my friend who hooked me up with the guy. The whole situation was fucked. Hmm. So we never got our weed. So we're all bummed. Like the whole attitude for like we were in anchor we were in Fairbanks for a week. It was just fucking shitty. And we couldn't I was I started getting sketchier, so I was trying to find connections online. Mm-hmm. To try to find some, getting on Craigslist, just really trying to find weed because I was like, we got to rectify this. And like, oh man, like it was bad and we couldn't find any. So then we drove to fucking Anchorage, all bummed out and everybody's pissed. And we count a couple stores there. Well, this old fucking veteran that was on the crew, he was like, dick, we're going to find some weed. So we walked downtown. So first of all, let me also say we were right across the street from the FBI building. Of course. <laughs> In, a, in Anchorage, there's this hotel there. 
And we, we walked downtown, which is, this was amazing. Like walking around Anchorage was fun for me. This was like a whole nother planet. Mm. We got dudes riding down the street on bikes that were like thick ass tires. Mm -hmm. And we were in the, we were in the season that was like daytime all the time. You're in the summertime. They, they sent us to the summertime. It was great. I was but gonna ask you if it we was... were also sleep deprived because we couldn't sleep. There was no fucking like nighttime. It was oh. dark for literally like a half an hour, and then the sun came back up, and like, so we're just like, the whole mood was bad. Like, and and the company kept fucking us on hotels and bullshit like that. So we were just we we're just all fucking pissed. And you had Ned weed for a week. So me and the the veteran guy and another friend, we all walked downtown, and we're just like asking literally random people on the street in Anchorage. If they could fucking hook us up with some some ganja. You should have went in a bar. We did, actually. We finally found a bar. I don't remember which one it was. And the first guy we asked was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But then he got sketchy, too. Oh, yeah. He said he could find it. It was good stuff. Typical fucking random stoner guy. Yeah. Well, he's like, but I got to fucking take your money and, and and run up the street and go get it. He's like, I, I can't, like, bring you guys. For some reason, all the goddamn weed dealers in Alaska don't want random strangers coming in their house. That's pretty normal in, like, where I'm from in Spokane to just do that. People are more brave, I guess. Or it's less enforced. I don't know. But in Alaska, people are sketchy about it. And we're, like, already burnt uh, once in Fairbanks. So we're like, what the fuck do we do? Well, Mike, he was probably half drunk, because he always is. Uh, my, my The veteran guy. He's like, fuck it. Gives the guy the money. And I'm like, dude, we're never going to see that money again. We're never going to see that guy again. He came back. He came back. Yeah. About half an hour later. After we're like, sure, he's not coming back. But we didn't care. At this point, we were just like, fuck it, we just need to get through this trip. If we get some weed, we get some weed, wow. And <laughs> the guy comes back, and then the, the trip was really good after that. I, I wonder why. Um, the fucking, uh, the shit was really, really good, too. Like, mm. And it was obviously called Alaskan Thunderfuck. Oh, yeah. that's a, yes, that is... Um... <laughs> but the guy comes back, and he was just... He had, must have smoked while he was at his house or his friend's house or whatever. Because he, he comes back, he's stoned out of his mind, and he's like, hey, man, I got some... I know I told you I got some good stuff. I got some really good stuff, man. The, the guy was really cool. We ended up, like, hanging out with him at the bar for a couple hours. And then we went back to the hotel and got stoned. Everybody was happy after that. And then I, I even got like uh, I even got laid, a little hookup on the trip. And oh my gosh! So it was you good. I had a really good time in Alaska. Let's put it that way. Alaska's. The, but then the chick like I hooked up with, trying to get me to move there, it was it got real weird. What? Really? Yeah. She was kept. She kept saying like, "I got, I can fly you back. Like I got frequent flyer miles you can have, and blah 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 blah." blah. And I'm like, I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> You're <laughs> it like, was an interesting time. Goodbye. I know Celine's gonna listen to this, so she's, uh, this is gonna be awkward when she, when she does. But she's I, gonna give you. I've told the her this story before. Worst time. It was it was really interesting well, and time. And then the part of Alaska, because that's where most of my experience with drug culture was, is there's also like this really ugly underbelly negative side of it. Because remember the oil camp I told you about earlier? Yeah. When I moved to the logging camp when I was 13, they had just taken the leader of that out out of there because he got all psychotic on maybe a bad trip i don't know and he had murdered someone oh. in the camp and so the camp had been disbanded and when i say disbanded i mean the alaska state troopers came in and took everybody out of there and so what we would do is we'd ride in the truck and go there and it was sort of creepy because there's like random quonset mm -hmm. buildings in the woods okay and then bears had got inside the buildings <laughs> and so you know it's like a horror movie yeah like, we walked upstairs in this cabin and there's pig intestines in a wine bottle in a hot tub and just really weird stuff and then there's really neat books like there was um the complete hippie's guide to growing marijuana i'd never seen this oh, book God. before and then the bears had torn stuff up so it looked like somebody was going to murder you at any moment my parents have pictures <laughs> 
of us on because the trees had grown uh, up in there because it had been about half a year by the time we got in there you're talking about any city folks like worst nightmare encountering in the woods it was terrifying yeah. in there because there's huge claw marks where the bears had climbed up the wall to go in the window <laughs> and so i was shaking in there and my parents have pictures of me and my brother we look super super scared oh man because and it, it was eerie because the the spirit i don't know if i should say spirit or whatever there's a darkness there. I don't know what went on in that oil camp, but it was something bad. Thing. Like something that. weird happened there, and so there was that. And then like a lot of the people that did um, uh, drugs, that sold the drugs or were part of that world, they just didn't live very good lives. Yeah, I bet. You know, I I've think seen it was it personally. I think it was like moments of fun and then moments of misery. Like they always. Let me let me tell you this. Most. Okay. Most drug users are very miserable. I'm not talking about pot, though. No, you're just saying drug users, but right? When you get when you get into the realm of the hard drugs, like meth, meth and, and heroin oh, and, and yeah. cocaine, not necessarily always cocaine, but like crack at least specifically, which is basically just cocaine and baking soda, and you microwave it. There's crack. Well, I feel like cocaine is more of a wealthier like, person. There's not drug. any. There's it costs not, a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, there's literally no difference between crack and cocaine. People don't. People just see them as two different drugs because they don't know better. They just put sodium but bicarbonate. But the the in only it. thing is, is crack. You make it a smokable drug. It's a lot easier to smoke crack than it is to smoke cocaine. Well, co- yeah. So, you, so it's you, just all you did. So it, you go from snort to smoke. yeah. If you just mix it with baking soda and in water and then heat it up somehow, it crystallizes basically. And then you can put the it in your pipe soda. and smoke And then you it. can put it in your pipe and smoke it. Versus so, but El anyway, Smarto. with with, okay. but it's a very slightly different high when you smoke it than when you snort it. So, I have done cocaine, by the way. I should ever let everybody know. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. But You're like a drug codex. I, I've, I've tried them all except for heroin. Then again, I've also tried pills, which are basically heroin. So, it is what it is. But luckily, I never got addicted to anything but pot. I think my point with the drugs but, is... Not to cut you off, but oh, go ahead. I, I, I just... I know miserable people of all types with all types of addictions to all types of things. Yeah. And, and I feel like most Addiction humans... Addiction and misery go hand in hand. I feel like that most humans should be honest with themselves. Most humans are miserable and they're trying to cope. Like some of us are more wired to optimism, but I mm. think at the end of the day, you you know how we talked about feelings are not just this constant state you're in? Yeah. They're very, flux- I very like fluid. I feel like the more uh, frequency fluid people, you know, that are kind of up, down, up, down all the time yeah. tend to be sucked in more to the, let me numb it with this cocaine or yeah. let me numb it with this. Well, it does feel good. Like that yeah. numbing of just like everything around you, just to shut it all off for a while and be high. Exactly. Not to mention the euphoria that actually comes with the drug itself. Like well, it, it feels good and, it, and it's very understandable why people get addicted to these things and, and, and grip them so hard to solve their whatever mental health problem. And, it's just sad that there's such a stigma on it and then we and then a lot of people treat it like they're just dirty people and they don't deserve I hate life. The dirty people thing. Or they deserve to sit in a jail cell when they're addicted to drugs. It's like you just don't understand. Like these are miserable people and they're just trying to solve that misery and, and instead of going to the fucking therapist and, and learning that you just hate your mom. But there's so they much wanna stigma. Fucking, they solve it with drugs and it's just like whatever, but we we can't be treating it like it's a fucking crime. It's not. Being addicted to drugs is not a crime. It's no. a choice people made and they got hooked on the drug. And it hurts other people too. Yeah. When and, you and have, yeah. To preface this, I, I have a lot of experience with addiction because a lot of my family had been addicted to drugs. My parents that uh, you know, birthed me were addicted to drugs, the hardcore ones too. Like they might they were in and out of jail for fucking selling heroin. Like, it was bad. Isn't that interesting? And people tend to, with addict parents, especially extreme ones, they tend to go either way. Like, I noticed, like, you did drugs, but you're also... I took a huge risk. 
But you don't you don't do them now. So yeah. well, like, no, I, it was easy. Well, I can't it, it, quitting pot was kind of hard because you really like. I it. realized I used pot to cure boredom, mm-hmm. and I hate boredom. So you because when it. you're high, on, if you guys have never smoked before, whoever's listening, when you're high on weed, nothing's boring. You could sit there in silence and do nothing, and for some reason you're having fun because of the pot. You, the way you're, the way it makes you think about things is like you're entertained by your own thoughts. So you could just sit there and literally do nothing. That's where the whole typical stoner just sitting on the couch, fucking That's brooding. Because you're amused all the time. Yeah. So okay. It's it's I used it specifically to cure my boredom, and at the time I didn't know that I was just doing it because well, I loved being stoned. But when I when I what I noticed when I stopped smoking and I did it cold turkey I didn't like ease off of it I just stopped, and I all of a sudden I just noticed how bored I was with a lot of things I felt very jaded almost immediately. But then you filled it and with I other hated things, it. right? Yeah, it, it just I got over it after a while. What but you were talking you? about like a massive chemical shift in my brain, uh, uh, daily cannabinoid receptor stimulation to none at all. You're going to feel it, like, period. And I, it was dreadful for, like, two days. And then after that, it was just like, mm, this is not that bad. I can handle it. Well, I figured out a way to, to get around And biochemically, it. it sounds like you might not be structured Oops. the way your parents were. Like, you know what I mean? I don't I, think I am, because I, I technically should have gotten very addicted to meth when I tried it. Technically? I only tried it once. Other than the Adderall, I tried actual meth once just to see what it was like, because I knew it was very similar to Adderall. And since I hadn't got addicted to Adderall, I was like, this isn't so bad, but I got to try it. Whatever. But I think it's good to be honest with, and it, like, that's the thing. I think but we'd have not I had didn't. an honest conversation. So it's starting to shift in our country, but yeah. this, we need an honest conversation about why people do drugs and that they shouldn't. I don't, I've never thought they should be criminalized because it's no. not stopped anybody. It's just made it I, worse. I did when I was growing up in high school. I was well, part we of this were, like straight edge, like But group. we were taught to be that like, way. So I don't yeah. know if that counts. Exactly. Like, that was the way they were trying to teach us. But then when I, like, actually started smoking weed and I was exposed to that entire, like, community and culture, I was like, this isn't as bad as they say. I've and seen... so that opened... And that made me want to try the other ones because then I was like, oh. now I got to try mushrooms. Now I got to try acid. Now I got to try this and that. Because I was like, I ha- I can't say anything about it unless I experience it. And I don't think anyone should. And the people that I know do drugs are no more destroyed than people... Alcohol has hurt a lot yeah, of I was going to say, I when, I com- yeah. when I compared all of these other highs to alcohol, by far, I will, t- I will still... I will die on this hill. Alcohol is the worst drug, period. I do not like consuming it. It makes me tired and cranky. I, and a lot of people, and, and I also have seen it's like negative effects on a lot of people's lives. And because people want to put a bad stigma on pot, yet they fucking go to the bar once a week or something. Well, I think and that's it's like, hypocritical. I it's know. so hypocritical when alcohol has destroyed and literally killed people and destroyed so many lives and pot really hasn't. Well, and my thing is, is what's the other the drugs di- are different. We can talk about the other drugs, but like with pot versus the other drugs, it's like there's nothing wrong with marijuana. Period. Other than if you indulge in it, like any yeah. other thing, if you indulge in it too much, it takes away your Obviously, drive. Obviously, you, you don't want to... I was doing it every day, and I was still functioning. Like, I had a job and everything. Like, well, I could have went to college true. and been fine. Like, I just didn't want to. But yeah, I had, some days were harder than others. I didn't have a drive to do almost anything sometimes. Well, that's what I mean. But it's, I think but even if I hadn't been stoned, I still wouldn't. That how's was that the any thing. different than a person going to work and then drinking the entire time they're not at work and not... Do you know what I mean? It's, I know I, those people right now. I do, too. <laughs> where they have to be drunk all day, every day. I, well, I, I could, you know how it's gross sad. you feel after you're drunk, though? Like, I can't imagine waking up that every morning and feeling like that. Here's the thing with marijuana. No hangover. You're just... You just feel bored when you wake up, so then you get stoned and you're fine. Hmm. Other than that, you don't feel sick. You don't feel tired. 
it's there's no like negative side effects to smoking pot period well, there just were, isn't not, t- not for everybody though i'm gonna say again everybody's different but well, for me and most of the people i know no negative side effects whatsoever other than like you know you might get a little lazy depending on the strain that you smoke i know someone that became paranoid that smoke pot i that's actually part of the reason i stopped is the paranoia. for whatever reason i think maybe it got stronger because of legalization. Well, there and all the strong strains. There's a lot of genetic yeah. modification where it's made the THC content much higher than your standard, you know, yeah. weed. So there are some changes in there. But I was also going through a lot of changes in my life, and I was anxious in general. And that probably added. And to I it. think the pot basically amplified that because. But I was getting very paranoid every time I'd smoke one little bowl or a hit of the the weed oil because at the time I was doing the they call it dabbing. But it's basically all of the actual drug substance of weed pulled out of the plant and concentrated Yeehaw. into an oil. It's very, very potent. Mm-hmm. And it takes just a very tiny bit to get more stoned than if you smoked a whole bag of weed. <laughs> so less and, uh, is more. So what I was doing that, but it was giving me extreme anxiety all the time. And well, I still did it because I was like, Ooh, but it was a habit at that point. So. See, I don't want, and that's so funny. You can take CBD oil and have no anxiety at all. But CBD isn't the drug part. No, it's well, not the it's THC a drug. Part. You can say it's it a is drug, a, but you it's have, not. Well, like, your own body You don't get high from it. CBD. No, period. That's you the can. nice part of marijuana, yeah. though. I like the it. the THC. Or not marijuana hemp, I should say. Yeah, the THC and a and a couple of the other cannabinoids that are contained in pot are what gets you the high feeling. And that's where the anxiety probably that's comes from. That's where too. the anxiety because especially THC because that's the psychoactive substance. Like when you eat it, that's you can hallucinate if you eat enough THC. On the edible people. Yeah, it, it. Joe Rogan talks about this all the time, but it produces a chemical in your body called 11-hydroxy metabolite when you eat the THC, um, particularly after it's baked. Yeah, I've, you can't just eat pot and get really stoned. It doesn't work like that. Your stomach to, just rejects it. it doesn't, but if it bakes, doesn't break it, it, down. it down. When you heat it up to a certain degree, I think it's like 250 degrees at least. Mm-hmm. Um, it it like changes the chemical structure of the thc and is it more readily it combines absorbed? with water and does all those chemical reactions and then it turns it into a hallucinatory drug if you eat enough and yeah. you can trip worse than acid on it <laughs> well that's why most of the long-term potheads i know especially i knew this pagan herbalist yeah. lady and i remember going to her house one time to get some yarrow from her because i like the tea and she had a chocolate cake that was dusted in something and she's mm. yeah it was dusted in pure cannabis land like and she she lived on it it was a beautiful cake yeah. and so but she was also a masterful herbalist and i like this lady cuz she lived in the woods and had all these plants around her house mm-hmm. and i don't know i came from a tradition where i had party parents well my dad especially but then they became more straight-laced cuz they saw the negative repercussions of it and they went kind of the other way so i grew up very not like this is bad this is bad this is bad that that yeah, was what too. was preached and then all of a sudden i'm like but it's not as bad as that person over there. That, like, cause I have family members whose lives were destroyed by alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely destroyed. And their behavior was terrible. So I'm sort of a big b- believer. We talked about, there's a, such a stigma with mental health. Like, if your brain is broken, and all of our brains are broken. And so you have no options. It's just, you have to go to the doctor, or there's some mental mm-hmm. health therapist, or nothing. And I think there needs to be this resurgence in cognitive behavioral therapy coaching. Like, can you imagine if you didn't have a therapist, but you had a mental health coach that said, hey... I can see that you're having trouble with you're smoking this or you're doing this or you're eating all this chocolate because you've got this problem. I did this right to make me better instead of the stigma. I, of I it. have to agree because not all of us are very good coaches to ourselves. No, we beat ourselves down. A third party coach for your life, a life coach like that, 
would actually benefit a lot of people. Instead of therapists where all they want to talk about is how you hate your mom. No, I don't want to talk. I want to talk about what can I do right now? Well, first you need to listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then well, what could you do to get around that? Like behavioral therapy is so important. That's how I changed my life. I would love to have my own bakery that was cookies and coaching. Where people could come in with me and we could just cook up a batch of cookies. Get and we people talk. high on sugar and then talk about their well, problems. I could even make them sugar-free ones. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is that we could talk about and I would listen to you and then be like, okay, what is something you could do? You know, coaching is someone yeah. motivating you. And they, a lot of times a third party can see, oh, that person's messing up right there. I did this or I didn't even do this, but I can see it. Mm. And give it to them in a non-judgmental way with actual tools they can use. Instead of here's some Adderall. Or here's some lithium. It's like you don't need that in every single instance. Yeah. Well, obviously they're going to be hand in hand with the pharmaceutical companies right now. I know what it is. That's just me. how our. That's what our medical system has evolved into. And some people need those they're pharmaceuticals. Just, don't I, get me wrong. I talk about but this all everybody. the time. Back when I was a stoner, me and my friends made fun of the pill, the pill industry a lot because we're like, how come they can be drug dealers, but I can't go stand on the corner. And, because and they're regulated by the out. government and they give them permission. That's what I mean. That's but all it is. But we always talked about how they're they're just drug dealers that have a license. Why do That's you need they permission they're to no do different, drugs? They're no different than fucking Jose on the corner peddling, peddling the fucking coke. I Doctors give you coke. Agree. Have you guys ever heard of lidocaine? It's literally made of cocaine. Well, oh, half, no. of, half of the cocaine industry in South America sells it to our pill companies. Okay, but I love That's lidocaine. where half of the if coke in the world goes. If you've ever had a baby and they give you spray lidocaine in a can, you'll know why I love lidocaine. It's very numb. Yes. And that's they... the one, that's the biggest side effect of cocaine is the numbing. That's part oh. of the, that's part of the fun of it. And topically. Your whole face goes numb. It's well, great. topically, it's wonderful. <laughs> like when you're in pain and you mm-hmm. got that nerve ending throbbing, mm-hmm. the, the, the canes. Yeah. Well, and like in Canada, what cracks me up is here in America, you go right across the border in Canada when the Rona's not around. You can yep. go get two two twos over the counter. Oh yeah. We used to get them when we drove through Canada because it's codeine, caffeine, and what's the other? Codeine thing? and my eggnog. Codeine. Oh, well, you yeah. brought it up. Codeine, caffeine. What's the third one? Tylenol. Tylenol. Oh yeah. It is oh, the yeah. best pain reliever in the entire freaking. That sounds universe. like one of them things they were selling back in the eighteen hundreds. I love like, two two twos. Hey, do you have a? Are you just tired today? Drink one of these, like the fucking eighteen hundreds energy drinks. Oh, it's, well, it's got like just a bunch of cocaine and drugs laudanum. in a bottle. Laudanum, yeah. Well, and, and they I'm, used to do. I mean, but that's the thing. For some reason, it's become stigmatized because of the war on drugs, mm-hmm. and everybody just has this negative like like uh, view on drugs. But it's like, you guys, I've done them all. The, the the drugs themselves are not bad. Human behavior is what's bad. And guess what? Most of the behavior that people you know do that we consider bad on drugs are is already illegal. So why does the drugs have to be illegal? I think people's, my view on it is people should have the choice well, to and, self-medicate if they want to. And also the people that believe that are the people who are like, yeah. well, it'll make you more apt to do it. And I'm yeah. like, nah, if you're a douche, you're going to do douche things. Most of, most of these drugs that are illegal are just plants, literally just plants. They grow out of the fucking ground. They've always been here. Humans have always had a relationship with these plants, but it's just illegal now. Well, you can get locked in a goddamn drug, like a, a jail cell with a bunch of fucking murderers and rapists just because you fucking snorted some coke. It's like, Jesus Christ. And that comes from a plant, comes from a leaf of the cocoa, a coca plant. And you know what? The people down there, it's a ritual for them. They just chew on it all day because it's like coffee to them. It just gives you a little up. You're just like, ooh, boost. Well, I got I mean, energy now. You Yet we at... we up here judging them, drinking coffee, and there's no difference. I hate the judging. It's just a stimulant. Well, and like you were laughing The only difference about... is like... The fucking drug cartel had their hands on the cocaine. That's the it. That's the only difference. Well, and I'm you laugh at crunchy. Okay, I'm a little bit crunchy, and then I like to grow my own things. And mainly, my crunchiness comes from I like to know where the things that I put in my body come from. That's it. I yeah. don't trust a lot of humans. It's a lot. It's, of things. No, that's a good. And, it's a good thing. And but it's also I'm I'm this organic things. I don't use a lot of added chemicals. But you guys got to think of this in context. 
one you can synthesize banana flavor in a easily with kitchen ingredients in a little simple lab. Mm-hmm. It is the same chemical compound as the flavor in the actual banana. So it's like <laughs> it cracks me up when people get all that's not organic. It's like that's what I'm talking mm. about with the drugs. Pharmaceutical companies are just synthesizing what nature already makes. Exactly, it's the same. It's their derivatives thing. of natural. Other than most I trust of the time, they more actually, than people. Yeah, most of the time they actually use the natural substance they're mimicking. Yes, you know. In the ingredients, like for instance, um, hydrocodone, oxycontin, fentanyl. There's literally a thousand names for this one drug. It's literally heroin. It comes from the poppy plant. Oh God, it's fentanyl. opium. That's all it is. It's opium, but they fuck and morphine is the other one. Um, it's just it comes from the opium plant or the, the poppy plant. It's just super concentrated. You can go get poppy seeds yep. and plant them in the ground, and, and they the grow red... into these beautiful red flowers. They're so pretty. And if you get the oil out of it, it's heroin. And the sap. Yeah, but the heroin you get on the street is cut with thousands of other chemicals. You don't know who fucking did what with it. It comes from Mexico, probably. Well, and that's my point. I don't... And these drug cartels don't care. I they don't, just want their money. I don't really like buying things from other people, period. Yeah. We talked about that in the meat thing when we had our big conversation. I don't know if the person cutting my meat that day was in a bad mood and wiped their ass on it. Yeah, you, you don't, don't know. know. It's sketchy. And but it's, especially with drugs, they're sketchy. That's, that's why I said... And then drugs are even more sketchy because of the criminalization aspect. It's mm-hmm. like you... Because now you forced it into the black market. If you Once you've made drugs illegal... Now the only where the only place to get them is the black market, and people are going to get them. It's drugs. The yeah. period. Like just like caffeine, just like fucking alcohol. When alcohol was prohibited, what did people do? They still drank, but guess who got to control the alcohol? The fucking mafia. Well, and Tom because told they me- were the ones ballsy enough to go. I'm still gonna sell alcohol. And, and guess what? That rose to the in- extreme rise of crime in America. Yep. Because these fucking mafia started does. running cities because they fucking had the alcohol supply. And they had the money too. So what they do? They didn't learn from that, obviously, the government. So they made all drugs illegal. And guess what? You know what happens when you do that? The only place to get them is the black market. And now we gave the power to the fucking cartel in Mexico and in South America. And now thousands of people are getting murdered every week. Because we made pot illegal. Well, and that's or cocaine it. and, illegal. And it's, that's the problem. It should be legal and regulated so that we are the suppliers. And it's clean and regulated by the FDA just like food is. So that you're not getting all these fucking, like, gasoline in your cocaine. Or people drinking, Because uh, that's a thing. Vicks, or not Vicks. Um, yeah, or the hand sanitizer. Remember when people were drinking hand sanitizer in school? Well, and I read stories when they shipped out Stuff overseas. Like, or, like, troops were drinking. They were sending out, what is the NyQuil. Oh, NyQuil, yeah. People oh, drink NyQuil, NyQuil, Listerine. <laughs> Russian friends I know have drank lots of things. And it's yeah. just like, that's, that's another thing. Treating your body well. I, I've had this idea... You know, in school, we're supposed to educate people to cope. There's no mental health training at all. No. And I feel like that I mean, is the And then they wonder greatest. why everybody goes and does drugs. Well, and that's like your parents, now both parents tend to have to work to even survive because of rent and all these other factors that we won't talk about. But I'm thinking, yeah. wouldn't it be really great if you had someone teaching you techniques that you could learn to identify that, hey, I'm doing all of this black tar heroin. Well, by the time you get to that <laughs> point, you're pretty effed up. But wouldn't it, I wonder if it would yeah, stop once some you're of doing, it and then you know, Once you're out sucking dick for, for heroin, for your next hit of heroin, and, and there's a problem. Yeah, but pro- it's not the heroin that's the problem there. You got to really find what the problem is, and it's you. And maybe way before that. It's your that. life decisions that you need to reevaluate. And I feel like our world is so full of broken people, and the Rona has really brought that out because of the isolation. Because uh-huh. um, right now, the biggest killer of kids in Ohio, I read the other day, between what was it, 8 and 15, was suicide. Unfortunately. That is insane to me. And, <sighs> and it's like, how do you even combat something like that? 
And you know we have I get I hate it when people yeah, come out and they're like start? I'm a professional there's and it's so like many issues, if you are a professional issues. then you should have there's I think one we have to get rid of a lot of the arrogance because mm-hmm. obviously we've, we've I, talked but we can beat yeah, a dead horse on this I one, love but. professionals don't get me wrong you put a lot of work in but I think there's a huge gap between professional that middle ground that actually can help oh, the yeah. masses and then people that are just ignorant like I just feel like there's this huge gap and it's an empathy gap and drugs are filling that gap and they have throughout the millennia. They're not going away. They've been around since like humans first existed. I'm pretty sure. You think about that first person Mm -hmm. that walked up to the coca plant and they're like, let's chew on this. Here's an example. Okay. (laughs) There's a reason that in every system of your body, your nervous system, your digestive system, your neural system, all these different systems in your body, they all have cannabinoid receptors. Yeah. And guess where you get those mainly? Cannabis. Which is illegal. Yeah. But there's a reason you have these cannabinoid receptors because guess what? Cannabinoids are required for your body to function normally. Well, and you particularly can manufacture some of them, but the problem is, is if yeah. you don't have the right diet yeah. or the perfect inputs, you deplete that. Just like with anything. And people live longer than they did in the previous generations. So by the time you hit 30, 40, 50, you're losing all of that stuff. Yeah. So I could see supplementation uh, would be uh, necessary. I'm very happy with the, um, the legalization of CBD, which is cannabidiol. I believe is what it's how it's pronounced. Yeah, I, and it's I just cannabinoids. there's just this special cannabinoid called cannabidiol that is mainly only found in weed in in cannabis. It's in hemp. It's in hemp is just the male version of cannabis. Mm-hmm. All just so you guys know, there's nothing wrong with hemp. You can't get stoned off of hemp. Nope. The very there's very 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 trace amounts of cannabinoids. It's like 0.003 yeah. or it's some tiny. There's amount. almost no THC, which is actually the drug of pot. Yep. Okay. There's. Uh, it's pretty high in CBD, but most most of the time that's not what they're using to get the CBD. But hemp is a very amazing material. It's the strongest plant fiber known to man. It pro- it is the plant that produces the most oxygen per gram of plant matter known to man. Oh, it's problem. a miracle fucking plant. It's been around forever. Okay. It just grows. It's called weed for a reason because it's a fucking weed. It it's just grows so like crazy. It grows itself. You just plant the seed in the ground and it does its thing. And all of a sudden you got a fucking hemp crop. Well, and then but the, you know the female version of cannabis is what's illegal because that's where the flower comes from, damn women. and that flower is what you smoke. Because a lot of people, I think I have to explain this. I don't think a lot of people know because of the I stigma. I don't. It think hasn't they been do. very widely. We haven't been very educated. If you have on a degree it. in botany, you get it, but most oh, yeah. people don't. Yeah. But the flower is what you smoke when you smoke. It's, it's a beautiful flower too, bud. but it's sticky and it smells good because of the THC oil and the cannabinoid oils that are produced by the flower. Pushed out a little pores. I don't know why they have this. It's but even hemp... Probably a defense mechanism. I love hemp seed protein powder. Hemp tastes yeah. good. Hemp seed some... is very healthy for you. It's yeah. a very good source of fi- edible fiber. It actually... Um, I've heard it called a superfood, but I don't think it is. But it's, it's, it's it has you. nutritional value. Let's put it that way. Hemp itself, you can eat it and it has nutritional value. I used to... Uh, when, when I was growing weed with my brother... Uh, I used to just eat the stems and the leaves every once in a while because it's good. It didn't taste all that good. Like but you know a marijuana leaf salad isn't going to really be that <laughs> delicious, but well, a non- <laughs> it's healthy for you. It's a good source a, of fiber. A pure, a it's not going to hurt you. A full spectrum CBD oil has got a taste to it, but it's just taking it as a tincture. You can get yeah. pills of it if you want, but I've seen miracle things done with seed. And I'm not talking about isolates. Isolates yeah. are a waste of money as far as I'm concerned. I'm talking about a full spectrum hemp, hemp oil tincture, CBD oil. Yeah. It's, I've, it, well, I know some my husband. He has slept for the first time since he was a little kid. Yeah. It's, it, it, I, I don't know. I'm not a professional with the whole, like, 
a doctor or anything how to, how it actually affects your body but i've heard it gets rid of anxiety oh it gets rid of stress that. it it's amazing for inflammation from what i've um, heard so hormone balancing hormone balancing if you've got hormone this, issues this plant and human beings have grown like have evolved together it's sort of symbiotic yeah it's it's almost symbiotic there's a reason our bodies are so like receptive receptible to this plant because it's it's amazing too. It helps us a well, lot. Breast milk has ways. cannabinoids in it. For whatever reason, the human body produces its own cannabinoids in breast milk for babies. Apparently, we need it. I'm just saying. And but my... it's illegal for it's under Schedule One, federal illegalization, federal prohibition, which means not suitable for medical research. Is that not fucking bullshit or what? Well, that's lobbyist. Come on, lobbyist. And that's when just... and when it finally comes out in the last decade that it has immense medical properties and should have been researched since day fucking one, well, they threw it under class one. Class one, which is like the most prohibited drugs, most of which are only psychoactive drugs, by the way. And that's I why should let I you have know, a huge problem. LSD with... and mushrooms, both not deadly. And a country founded on Those individual kill liberty, you. I don't think that stuff should be treated like that anyways. Yeah. I just don't. I, I've gotten in arguments with, I don't argue with people very often because I just don't care most of the time, but that one I do. I, yeah. I feel like it's no one's business. What do you put in your body? Now, the second you, your augmented body starts harming other bodies, that's different. then we have a problem. Yeah. But that that's behavior. That's not yes, the drug. Yes, but the actual drug, no, it's no one's business. Yes, I'm sorry. Exactly. It's no one's, if you're, if people are smoking cigarettes, if they're doing alcohol, if they're eating Red Bulls all the time, yeah. and they're the crazy Kyle that's going to go, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, it's no one's business. People get, people drink alcohol and then go run people over all the time. Mm-hmm. But I can't take fucking a bag of mushrooms and just have a fun uh, uh, cerebral change. experience on my couch and that's I have to go to jail for though. it. That's changing. Yeah, because here's the thing. Mushrooms is one of the other ones that are under Schedule 1, not suitable for med- medical research drugs, okay? <laughs> Curing depression. Guess what? You know what they found out in the last five years because the FDA allowed them to do testing on it? It cures PTSD. 100% effectiveness, by the way, from what I've heard. With I, no I could be wrong effects. on that. No, it's Zero yeah. negative side effects other, unless... But here's the thing. These doctors are very careful. They're going to make sure it's before you take it yeah. that you're not going to have these psychosis I talked about earlier. Like, you're going to be barred from taking it in a clinical, you know, setting if you are susceptible to these psychoses. So they selected these people who are going to be fine. And in a clinical setting with a guide, basically a modern-day shaman to guide you through your trip. And it was microdosing. It's not even tripping. Oh, no. They're giving you a pretty decent amount for the PTSD specifically. Well, because their brain chemicals are But guess up. what? MDMA, which is known as Molly or Ecstasy. That helps. Cannot harm you at all. When it's mixed with meth, that's what it becomes ecstasy. But again, pharmaceutically... Cannot harm your body unless you take ridiculous amounts. A couple times every once in a while, not going to hurt you in any way whatsoever. No negative side effects, you know, other than maybe you don't sleep for a day or two on the meth. But it's helping people with PTSD. But guess what? 100% effectiveness on PTSD when used in a clinical setting. LSD and mushrooms, both exact same results. Depression, 100% effectiveness in treating depression, at least for a temporary setting. Well, and then they come the problem it's though, not a cure by too any much means, LSD or anything can hurt you. So obviously, it's like, yeah. Then there's the big conversation, which we'll have in another episode because we're going to wrap this one up. Is, is there's LSD and all those and regulation, having a mental or professional help you with your dosage. I yeah. I can understand some of those arguments and I'd love to talk about them. I just, I just, in, in talking about all this, I just wish we would end that stupid war on drugs. It's the biggest waste of money. It's the worst decision the U.S. government's probably ever made, period. And it's not constitutional. Guess what? You can't declare war on inanimate objects, especially drugs, and win that war. It's not going to happen. I think we would have done a lot better if we would have educated people. But we actually, I think that war directly caused all the problems down in South America. uh, The cartel thing was a big... Guess what? If we didn't buy their drugs because we could buy them here by, you know, 
legitimate producers of drugs here in America because it's legal and sold in a store, regulated so that it's not dirty and can't kill people. Because there's fentanyl laced in your cocaine, which is a big problem right now that the cartel's doing. Mm -hmm. Because they've declared war on us. Mm -hmm. um, this is all real, by the way. People are dying left and right, snorting a line of coke that had fentanyl in it. <sighs> fentanyl is extremely potent, narcotic, deadly. Okay? Fentanyl. They give it to people who are, like, terminally ill or they've had a heroin problem and need painkillers. Or they're just it's extremely dying. Strong. It's, uh, most yeah. people I know that are getting but, it are dying. But it's very easy to overdose on. It's a v it takes a very small amount because it's so potent. But anyway, the, my point is, this war on drugs is just a bad decision. It's caused a lot of problems in South America where thousands of people are dying. Or Mexico. Yeah, we're losing. Drugs won the war on drugs. Let's put it that way. So it needs to be ended now. And guess what? If you can regulate and tax the drugs here, all of a sudden we've solved a large chunk, chunk of our debt deficit that we have because people are going to buy them and they're going to pay the tax. It's been shown in the states that legalize well, marijuana. Washington has won on that one. Washington, Colorado, Michigan, there's all these states that have legalized marijuana well, and sold them at a store. Oregon's legalized. Which is a very weird experience, by the way. Coming coming store. from buying it from your friends on the street, being paranoid about getting arrested. Or set, when I was selling it, I was like, this is stupid. But... Now you go to you can go to this fucking store with a bunch of stupid stoners there and they're like, hey man, you gotta try this sour diesel. It's yeah, they fucking have the weirdest names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can talk all day about the pot names. It's great. Well, we do have. Who comes up with these fucking things? We do have anecdotal it's evidence. OG Kush. OG Kush. We have anecdotal evidence now, though. Like now, you can compare and contrast mm -hmm. more on drugs data versus legalization data. Yeah. And I feel like that's the thing. Just because a rule is a rule, it should not be revisited. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they think like, oh, war on drugs. We get, and it's like, no. I feel like there's a lot more going on in the war on drugs than just the drugs. Yeah. It's all about geopolitical strategizing. And, Obviously, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and I realized this all early in life because. Yeah. It was like I was 20 or something when I was, when I was growing with my brother. The amount of dissonance I experienced from... It's just a plant in the basement. We're just in... You know what I mean? Yeah. It, all it takes is water and a few organic like fertilizers. Like We were using bat guano because it was extremely potent. And lighting. You don't even need any of that, but we were trying to make some strong stuff. And lighting. And we there was no sketchy chemicals. There was nothing weird about it. It was just a fucking plant. Like You would grow in your garden like a tomato. Yeah. And that's well the lighting, yeah. The only sketchy part was the lighting cuz like it takes a lot of power and if yes. your house is wired all fucked, you could probably burn it down. Other than that, and, and it produces a lot of heat, so well, if you don't vent it properly, you could probably burn your house down. Other than the dangers of burning your house down, there was literally nothing sketchy about a plant growing in your house. Like it was it was very interesting. And I mean, it was a beautiful plant. Like we would talk to the plants, and they would they would react by making better better weed. We thought <laughs> my brother would play guitar to them. It was interesting. Go plant, go. Yeah. Like so it's nothing sketchy, but but it, it gave me this weird dissonance at the time because like here they are putting people in a fucking cage with rapists. Like yeah, with people because that... they had a bag of a of a flower, a bag of flowers in their pocket. Like come on. Well, and that people kind of are bullshit. in jail for like what did I read the other day that some they let someone out of jail out of after thirty one years because they had sold I don't know or had a bag of pot in their car or something. Yeah. And I was like, the same length of time of someone serving for armed robbery where you're actually threatening people's lives and stealing with a their firearm stuff, when yeah. most likely you're going to shoot them if they make one wrong move versus like, someone that just had a psychoactive substance that they're just a flower. Just it's can... literally a flower. <laughs> well, like and... you can have it in your garden. It's beautiful. And we'll we'll have to. In fact, maybe we'll do a little research on that one. I'd like to do a whole episode on you know the criminalization of drugs and the history of it. Because again, think... we're gonna do more like this. Today was more stories and a little bit of ranting, but yeah, it was a good episode though. It was a great episode. It's it a good way to leave. I have tons more stories too. Oh, I was just I'm the sure tip of the do. iceberg. I, I you guys. have yeah. 
We could even do a whole nother podcast just on my fucking stupid drug stories. Well, and we'd like to hear yours because, <laughs> I, again, Brady's like, I have lots of anecdotes. Yeah. I don't, other than, like I said, by I should be, by, by society standards, I should be in jail. Let's just put it that way. I should be in prison with these rapists and murderers because I consumed some drugs. Yeah, but here you are too. You're going against the grain. One, you did a whole bunch of drugs, but now you don't. Mm-hmm. You I are mean, I, my children. brain might not function 100% because of these drugs I took, but I'm fine. I'm normal. I can hold a job. I can fucking contribute to society. I'm reasonably intelligent and rational. Well, and also, so. like... You also raise your children. You are instilling mm-hmm. good habits in them. You feed them every day. That's, I guess it goes against that whole thing is if you do drugs, you're not I'm, going to be... I'm a direct contradiction to this. all of the stigmas of drugs. All of them. Period. Yeah. Like, maybe at the time, you know, I was the typical stoner. <laughs> well, and during that time... <laughs> but now, looking back, or just reflecting on my life as it is now, after I've gotten away from that whole community and culture, it's like, I, I'm a perfect example of why all those stigmas are incorrect. I also think you're an example of people's brains maturing and growing up. That's true. I think every human, for the most part, if you give yourself a chance, you got to go through and you've got to explore things and then you grow up. I didn't go through that until I was about 34. Yeah. It just, it happens. And some people never do. And it's okay because they might be broken. Mm-hmm. And there's no... I never thought I ever would, to be honest, for a while to grow in up. my life. When I was in my 20s and stuff, I'm yeah. like, I'm never growing up. I'm a fucking Toys R Us kid, bitch. I didn't start living <laughs> until I was older. Yeah. Because I was sick. So, I mean, yeah. that there's all the... And just think of it. If, if CBD had been around when I was really quite ill, maybe my life, I would have enjoyed things more. Because I was, I was ill for most of my life. And a lot of yeah. it was because of how I coped with anxiety and emotional issues by with this negative association with food. And, and mm. that's what I'm saying. There's no... I had to find the answers on my own. Not everybody can find them because some people are so broken that they know they need to do something, but they're so ingrained in their habits. That's why I like the idea of your little life coach thing you were talking about. That's, I know. I'm going to develop that. I'm going to develop that. Because there's people if, out if there... If anything, at the moment, that's what we're trying to do with hypothesism. Yes. Um, the whole thing. It's, it's sort of a joke, but at the same time, like, we're really trying to make waves in the mental health community because it's a big problem. Everybody has it because, yep. again, it's a we're spectrum. All on the spectrum. It's fluid. I'm so we all have our days where we're down and we're not, we're not, we're not 100%. Okay. Well, and you were talking so about we're this. trying to we're trying to create a tool set to for those days for you guys. Yeah, and it's and not and, and you're gonna have you're gonna have good days, bad days. And you were talking about this us versus them culture earlier. Everybody yeah. is us versus them, and I feel like hypothesism is no. You know what? You're just not gonna have the same mentality that I do, but I should mm-hmm. be able to be mature enough to listen to you. And if I have a negative reaction, I need to yeah. go away and think about it. It's like any family gathering. Okay, yeah. not everybody gets along. But you you're a civil. fucking family, you yeah. know? If anything bad was happening to a family member, even if you didn't like them all that much, you'd probably still step out of your way to help them. And I think that we need to get into that mode yes. globally as a, as a planet. Because guess so what? You get, go on Google Earth, okay? And look at the fucking Earth. That's us. That's all of us. Everybody who's ever existed in the entire history of ever is on that fucking rock right there. So before you go... At least human beings as we know them at the moment. Yeah, so instead of judging that crack... Alien shit, we might find out differently later down the road with the aliens, but... Well, we have talked about that. With the Galactic Federation, the whole meme right now. (laughs) But for now, as far as we know, every human who's ever existed in the history of ever has existed on this one little rock and there's... Come on, guys. We're a family. We really are. And instead of judging that crackhead or judging that rich person or judging... Like, there's all this judgment and it's the us versus them thing. Just look at your prejudices and then be like, that is another human. We're all fallible. Even the the terrorists who were suicide bombing those... Guess what? They were just manipulated. 
Yes, they were. They and, were and normal it, people. They just wanted to have a, a better afterlife. That's what they were convinced of, and that's what they did. And they had some movement they were devoted to because, for whatever reason, they were oppressed, and they got convinced by a, a lot charismatic of them were person illiterate, that, which yeah. you can't read. So you're being told what you to have do. to have. Even for those people who we consider the evilest of the evil, because America hates terrorism, right? Guess what? We're still a family with those fucking people, and they were just manip. It was tragic. Period. All around. Depending on how you look at it, it was really like. It's a tragic situation all around. Well, we were talking about Could racist earlier. Racist, you were trained to be that way. Yeah. You can make a conscious, but then there's that point where you make a conscious yeah. decision Look to be Look at Charles bad. Manson. Yeah. and, and He it's, convinced people to go murder people. Because, and then Because we're susceptible to influence. We're, we're malleable. And so, having grace enough to... Did I say fallible? Well, malleable. But anyway, we're malleable. We're malleable. And malleable and fallible. Fallible. And, and fallible. I think that's, that's another I can, fallible. I, can, I mix those words. I, I feel like really having some grace for our human beings. It's like, you know what? People, there are, and there are truly people out there that want to harm others. And standing up to those people in the yeah. face of it, if you've considered it and it's your last, I just think it should be your last. You got to realize we're also family with those people. And there's a reason that they're like that and they can be fucking fixed, I believe. Well, I'll, I don't know about everybody. If, there, if I had an uncle that like slit the bellies of cats just for fun. At but there's a point, good. There's obviously some miswiring going on. I mean, you still have to have a little bit of sympathy for them at the very smallest well, I have amount. Sympathy for it, you have but, to at least go. He's a human. Well, we, and, it could be any of us that ha can snap. We like can that. all snap, and that's what I'm talking about. At some point, though, you have to say you don't just let that person continue being that way. There's like that really weird thing right. where you step well, in. And some behavior like, has to be obviously like When mitigated. it's harming others, yeah. you have to stop. You have to, exactly. But that's a whole different thing. But that's like, a whole different conversation. But for the most part, like we're all family guys on this planet. Like I'm not sitting here saying everybody hold hands, sing Kumbaya, fucking, you know. No, you're saying have some grace for fellow human beings. But yeah, we, we need a lot, a lot more grace in this world right now. I we think need we a do. lot more... We all need to, unfortunately, because of the Rona, we can't all hug each other, but we all need to go to our neighbors and Digital give them a fucking hug, bump. man. Well, and quit being so, like, elitist and judgmental. I feel like mm -hmm. on the internet well, we're and all everywhere... those goddamn entitled people now. Well, I was reading that the other day. There's no more, three words more than humans want to hear than you are right. <laughs> yeah. And That's a drug right there on its own. Well, it is. It's an endorphin kick. Get into that, yeah. And so I want to talk about that sometime, but not today because we're going to We're out of time. Up, but, yeah. we got to end, but uh, there's so many good points to make on this, and that's why this needs to be multiple parts. So in three weeks. Uh, no, two weeks. In two weeks, we'll be recording another episode, and you guys will get us back. We've got to take a little bit of a break, though, because of the holidays. And so. Katie's going to be gone. We will miss Sorry. you, and I'm sh hopefully you'll miss us, because that means you guys are fans, and... And I will post fun things for you on the Instagrams yeah, and the Facebooks. So we encourage to uh, follow us on social media. Come, you're all out there. You're all, you're all on social media. Come on. Yeah. And Get on there. Get on at least our Instagram. It's at show at Instagram or and whatever. And leave us you know. your drug stories. Whether you've yeah, had some, not had any. any. I please. would like to hear them because that's part of the collective work of humanity. I mm -hmm. like, you know, people talk about the great I stories. No, we I won't judge you guys. I, I was part of that culture for years and years and... No judgment at all. And you're not going to get any from me. Although I, I might I'd... be I might be crucified from all this ad admission, but whatever. Why? <laughs> I don't know. People still have that stigma. That's my point. But that's what we're working against. Yeah. That don't judge humans for what they're going through at the time. Yeah, Unless exactly. they're harming other humans. Then Especially you got to consider things. your local crackhead, he's just going through some problems. He just needs help. A lot of he times that local help. crackhead is more generous than your local That's pastor. That's very true. I have... If, yeah. I have, in, I have yeah. been... I've went through that. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand I've myself personally. I've seen my personally. local drunk give your last $2, but then, oh my gosh, i got to fill out paperwork to get help from the church over there. Yeah. So, And I'm not being mean to churches, but I have literally seen that anecdotally. So... That's an important thing to remember. Very. Yeah. So honestly, like we gotta just we gotta change the stigma of drugs, like, and it, and it is slowly changing in the social consciousness, thanks yep. to recent studies and and just attitudes towards it. But there's still a lot of people out there who are very judgmental and, and negative about it. But they need to they just need to be educated, 
Because guess what? You know, and these I, are people and they're going through problems and they need help. And you know what? A lot of times it's people that have the judgment. If you just listen to them, there's pain in their mm, stories that pain. they have that judgment from. Mm -hmm. So and all, all of the greatest artists in the entire universe were drug addicts and they had a lot of depression. Let's just put it that way. Some of our most beautiful things. I can't say all, but let's say a good majority of all the artists that we respect as artists, Da Vinci and all those people, they were probably addicted to drugs and they were in a lot of pain. So. And that was an outlet. Which is usually what drugs is, yeah. is an outlet of yeah. some sort. Exactly. So we'll leave on that note. Yep. And uh, we're going to go and enjoy our holidays. Wonderful holidays, holidays Merry guys. Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, all the other holidays, whatever you're celebrating right now. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your, yeah, come on, you guys. This is, right now, more than any other time in the history, of, in the recent history, Please because of everything going on in the world, appreciate your family. And your, and your life. And enjoy your time. Because it's very, it's the most limited resource. It really is. And on that note, goodbye. Bye.